Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Yes. 99 years. You know, I, wanted, I just want you to track with me. You know, before your uh, first birthday, there's a whole year, right? So if you think about that, Right now, today, we're standing a hundred years from the impetus of our church. And so even though we're not at our hundredth anniversary, we're at a a moment that is significant. And so I want to thank you for being here with us today. I want to thank you for celebrating this anniversary. It's special. And I can, oh man, I can almost feel a hundred. I think we're going to have to have our dancers back for a (laughs) hundred. No, there's a party coming, friends, and uh, boy, we may celebrate most of the year because God has been so good to us as a church family, and here we are again. Uh, I just want to say happy anniversary to you, and today, of course, is Heart for the House Sunday, and we know that. You've been hearing that, and really, this offering is a, a moment in time where we say thanks to God. Thanks for the faithfulness. Thanks, Lord, for over these years being so good to us. Look at this place. It's a full room, and we just thank God for what he's doing. Not only are these, this room full, but many of our other rooms are full as well with little ones. And we're just so thankful. God really has blessed our church. And, you know, there's, there's a context for this in the Old Testament. Andy, why are you linking an anniversary with a special offering? Let me tell you why. Because if you look into the book of Deuteronomy, God calls the church, he calls his people, the, the nation of Israel, he calls them to a dual Purpose. He says, I want you to give, actually, I want you to set aside some money to give so that there can be a celebration. There was all of these celebrations, all of these festivals, and in Deuteronomy 24, it suggests that you're supposed to give money to set aside simply to party. Are you okay with that? A little bit of money just to party. And we just want to celebrate. And so that's what we're doing in this special offering is we're giving toward the celebration. We're saying, God, you've been so good and we're so thankful. And it's our way of saying, God, we are blessed in your house. In fact, that's uh, really the the major thought in my heart today as we prepare ourselves for the message. I'm going to be looking at Psalm 84, and I'd love you to to, kind of follow along with me over the next 25 minutes or so. And I want to start with this statement. The blessed life is the life that longs for God's house. And let me just jump into the, the, the 84th Psalm with you, because it's going to start to express this. The blessed life is the life that longs for God's house. Look at this first verse. It says, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. How lovely, how beautiful. Now, the interesting thing about this verse is we don't know exactly when it was written. So let me explain what I mean. It could have been written way back before the temple when the the people of God gathered for worship in a tabernacle, a tent. And inside that tent were all of these holy things. The outside, not very fancy, not very nice. It was just fabric. And they would move this thing around. And it could have been then that the writer said, how lovely is your dwelling place. It could have been during the days of Solomon's great temple where he said, oh, how lovely is your dwelling place, this beautiful, beautiful temple with its pillars and its, its, its gold um, you know, inlays and, and all of these beautiful things that you can read about in pomegranates. I don't know why, but pomegranates seem to be really cool. You can find pomegranates all over the temple. Wow, look at the pomegranates. 
It, it could have also been after the exile when the temple was destroyed and they were living somewhere else. And he's saying, oh, I remember back to how lovely your dwelling place was. So we don't know when it was written, but here's what we know. Wherever God's presence is, is lovely. Amen? It's a lovely place. It's a beautiful place. It's the place that you want to be. And so what we're going to use for our context is we're going to say, you know, God's presence is here. You felt his presence when you came in. There were moments in worship where you felt God's presence. And if not, I believe that by the time you leave today, you will have had a moment with Jesus because he loves you enough to meet with you here. And you know, you might see this psalm and think, oh man, obviously this guy had a love for God. He had a love for God's house. He had a love for the dwelling place of God. But here's, here's one thing I want you to know. I really believe that this song, this psalm is not about love as much as it is about hunger. It's about appetite. It's about a longing. It's about a desire for God. Oh God, your place is lovely, but you are who I want. You are why the place is lovely. Wherever your presence is, is so lovely. It's about being hungry, about wanting to be filled with God, about wanting to be satisfied by him. You know, we just came through Thanksgiving and whenever I think of, of Thanksgiving, I just get hungry. Anybody with me? Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, talk, we're talking about this hunger, right? So, you know, you, you get to Thanksgiving. Say Thanksgiving is at somebody else's house because that's way less stressful. Can I get an amen? Yeah, way less stressful. It's at someone else's house. But say you're going for Thanksgiving. The excitement starts to mount before you even get there. I mean, you're already feeling a little bit hungry. And if you're not, you, man, you made a mistake because it's about to go down. Hopefully you got your stretchy pants on, right? Because, you know, you need to be able to expand a bit with the meal. And, and, and before you ever get there, there's an expectation. And then before you ever get to the door, somebody, you, you know what I'm saying? You can smell the turkey. Yes. Is it just me? Come on, guys. This is a good moment. Can we just say, I love food. Oh, Thanksgiving. And so be, before you ever even get in the house, you smell, you open the door. Oh, yes, all the fragrance, the bustle. Everyone's busy. You look and the table is set. You sit down for a conversation. The coffee table's there. Hopefully there's snacks because you're hungry. Well, the picture that I'm painting here is that the longer you stay in that environment, the hungrier you become, right? And I want you to know this psalm is telling us the truth. When you dwell in God's house, you just get hungrier. You just want more. You just long more for who God is and what he has for you and what he wants for your life. It just causes your hunger to grow. Being in God's house creates a greater hunger. Look at this verse, the second verse. It says, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. There's this deep longing that goes way beyond just the spiritual. Don't make this just a spiritual moment. He's talking about his heart and his flesh. He's talking about the longing of his soul. He's saying, my knees are weak as I consider this wonderful experience of being in God's house. Wow. This is moving. And I think it's really important for us to recognize that the Bible gives us permission to see the house of God as more than just a spiritual thing. To see the house of God as a place where our needs are met, our physical needs. And I, sometimes I come to church and I just need that warm hug. I just need that handshake. I just need that warm cup of coffee. Amen? 
Good coffee today. I don't know who was brewing it, but it was good coffee. You get some afterwards. I promise that'll still be good. But you get the point. Those are physical needs, and they mean something, and it's okay. And the church is here. The house of God is here to start to meet some of those needs. But it's more than just those physical needs, you know, when it comes to a hug and a, and a warm cup of coffee. Man, I need to express myself. That's why when you're here in worship, you might be going, whoa, what's happening here? Hands are being raised. Voices are being raised. Smiles are present. Why? Because we have a physical expression to give to our God. He's so good. It's very physical. Way more than just spiritual. Although there's a lot of spiritual dynamic happening in the room. And more than that, it's about heart needs. Not just physical needs, but heart needs. You know, I hope that you sense that this is a place where you can belong. I know some of you today, what you need is you need comfort in the heart. Some of you need hope, you need faith, you need love from Jesus. You need to experience that. That, That's heart stuff. We need emotional support. We need that discovery of purpose, which is what Grow Track leads us in. There's so many needs that are met in the house of God. And I want to tell you that it's 99 years in our history, but the church has never been more needed than it is today. I believe that with all my heart. The church of Jesus Christ has a part to play in this world and in these days. Never more needed than right now. And that's why we give, friends. That's why heart for the house is so important. Because our house needs more rooms. And yes, I mean preschool rooms, of course. But I also mean more rooms. There are more places that God wants us to go. In fact, we say at Coastline Church that Coastline Church is called to be one house with many rooms. And there are places all over this island where God is calling us to go. There are communities that need to be reached, that have special needs that need to be addressed. And we just believe with all of our heart that God is sending us. In fact, we've just got acquainted with some new friends from the Naimo who are saying, can you come? Can you put a room in our city? Because we just believe that God needs to be here in a fresh way. And we need to finish this room so that we can get onto the other rooms that God has for us to build. Amen? Amen. And so that's why we're here today. And that's what we are doing. Look at verse three with me. I, I, I just have, have grown so fond of this verse as I've studied it. It says, even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Even the sparrow even the swallow. And I really think that these two birds have a, have a, a purpose, a, a message for us today. I believe that the psalmist wrote these two birds into the storyline purposefully. And I'll tell you why. Because, you know, there's nothing more common in, you know, in the world than a sparrow. It's so common. In fact, it was in the New Testament, as Jesus teaches, he says, a sparrow doesn't even fall to the ground without the father knowing. Why does he say that? Except that this was just a very common thing. A sparrow is so common. And I think what the psalmist is getting at is, listen, you might feel common. You might feel insignificant, but you can still find a place in God's house. And not only that, there is significance. There is meaning for you in God's house. The meaning of life, the meaning of your life, this can be discovered in the house of God. And he goes on to say, you know, it's like the swallow. A swallow can actually make its nest near the house of God, near the altar. 
You know, the thing about a, a swallow is they're extremely hard even to photograph because they never stop moving. They would be known as what is a restless bird. They're restless. They're always moving. And can't you see? Can't you see what the psalmist is teaching us here? Listen, even the restless heart can find a place to rest, can find a place to nest in the house of God. And maybe you've come today and it just feels really restless. You know, it just, your mind is racing, challenges are mounting, problems are present, and it just, this restlessness of life, and this restlessness, in this restlessness, you can find a place to rest in the house of God. You are blessed in the house of God. You know, this first talks about being near the altar, and I, I love that picture because as a New Testament believer, as someone who's discovered the grace of God that's found in Jesus Christ and nowhere else, I can see the cross here. The altar is the place of sacrifice. And as those who love and follow Jesus, what do we know except that Christ gave his life for us on the cross? And so the invitation here is come on, come near to the cross. Come close to Jesus. Come near. Maybe even it's time to bow your knee. But come to him with your restlessness. Come to him with your concerns. Come to him with your pain. Come to him with your problems. Come to him with that sense of, you know, the, meaning, the meaninglessness of life. Come to him when, when you're struggling for significance or understanding. Come to the cross of Jesus. Come near the altar. And Jesus wants to help you. Jesus wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you. And that's why the Bible encourages us. Jesus speaks to us in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Why? Because I, I have rest for you. That's what I'm offering you. Come, come be near the altar. Come see the cross for what it really is. It is your rescue. It is your salvation. He said, here I am, Jesus speaking. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. I'll come in. This is the pursuit of Jesus. He's after you. He loves you. He's searching for you. Where do you hear this message? But in the house of God. Where do you hear that message of Jesus offering you his life and saying, let me have yours? And can I just tell you that if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, listen, maybe you've been around church a lot. Maybe you've been around church your whole life. Maybe you're brand new today. I just want you to understand that Jesus is here and he wants to offer you his life. Will you receive that? Will you offer him your life in return? Will you let him touch you? Will you let him give you hope? Will you find peace and restlessness? Will you find meaning where it's felt meaningless? It's Jesus, friends. It's Jesus. What I just shared with you is the message of the house. That's the message of the house of God. Jesus is still reaching to people. Jesus is still loving people. Jesus is still after people. That's a message that needs to be heard again and again and again because we are blessed in the house of God. Blessed in the house of God. Verse four says this, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They're ever praising you. 
Isn't that a neat verse? Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Say it with me. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. One more time. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Wow. Yeah, the invitation here is to dwell. Not just visit, but dwell. Not just pass by from now and again, but dwell. The blessing comes in dwelling in the house of God. You know, it's interesting. Pre-COVID, we would have had some stats on church attendance. And it would, you know, one of the stats would have been that people come to church about once every three weeks. So that's, you know, a month or, or just a little bit more frequently than that. Once every three weeks. Those who attend once every three weeks would consider themselves regular attenders. Do you know where the stat is post-COVID? Anybody want to guess? Once every eight weeks. People consider themselves regularly attending church if they come six times a year. And, and so I want you to understand that's, that's not dwelling in the house of God. That's visiting. <laughs> that's swinging by once in a while. Listen, what's going on week by week? What's going on in the house week after week is important. What God does in your life. And let me just be very specific. There are parents in the house. And as parents, you say, you know what, I'm doing good. I got my friends. I got my, my church community. I've got my faith. I'm rooted. But I want you to know it's not you that is going to miss out. It's those that are still yet to get their rooting. It's those that are still yet to learn about the, best, the blessing of Jesus. It's those that are still building their social network. And where do you want them to build that? Except with other believers in the house of God. And so listen, maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's for your kids. But I want to encourage you, be one who dwells in the house of the Lord. Because there's a blessing in it. You should clap because that's a good word right there. I'm just saying, I, I, felt, I felt the pregnant pause. I think people wanted to clap. I just wanted to give you permission there. I could feel it, you know. You want to be blessed. Get to God's house as often as you can because there's a blessing here for you. I love that the, the term that's used here is house, right? It says house. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. It doesn't say tabernacle which moves around and you kind of have to follow it and chase it. It doesn't say temple where only some are allowed to enter. It says house. It's where you come in. It's where you feel comfortable. It's where you put your feet up. It's where you belong. It's where there's warmth. It's where there's family. It's where there's safety and refreshment and nourishment. Friends, I want to be found in the house of God where I belong and where I feel welcome. And I hope you do too. This verse just continues. Verse 5, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Oh, we're just giving out blessing today on Heart for the House Sunday. It's just all about the blessing. Why? Why would it say, blessed are those whose strength is in you? Well, that might make sense to you, but the truth is this. God is unlimited. I am limited. I know it's hard to believe. I'm limited. Uh, friends, isn't that the plague of being human? We're limited. People, might, people sometimes say to me, Andy, you're busy, sorry to bother you. I'm not busy, I'm just limited, 
right? I only have so much. You only have so much. We only have so much love. We only have so much joy. We only have so much peace. And so that's why we need the unlimited source. So those who find their strength in him are blessed because my strength ends, friends. My, my patience ends. Any parents in the house today? Yeah. My patient comes to an end. It's time for all of you to go to bed right now or something's going to go bad and I'll regret it. <laughs> Am I the only one who's honest in the house today? It's true, isn't it? That we just, we come to our end. And so the question is, what do you want? Do you want control? Because if you're in control, then you're under your own power. But if you relinquish control and say, God, my strength is in you, not in me. I trust your timing. <laughs> I got to be patient. I know I got to use my faith here. But God, I trust you. And I'm tapping into an unlimited strength because my strength is limited. So you can have your strength or you can have his strength. I want to encourage you along with me. Let's trust him and his strength. In verse 7 in this same chapter, here's what it says. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Now, Zion is a bit of a mystery, but let me just make it simple. It's where God is. Okay, it's where God is. So if that's the house of God, if that's the holy hill in Jerusalem, whatever, it's, that, it's where God is. So just, just hear me here. They go from strength to strength until they get back to God's presence. And then what happens? They find their strength all over again. But can I just say that strength to strength is not normal? Don't hear that and just let that fly right by you because it's not normal. What's normal? Strength to weakness. That's normal. I work my day and I put my head down on the pillow and I say, good night, I'm done, right? Why? I'm out of strength. I'm out of energy. That's normal. But what is supernatural is God coming along and saying, listen, I want to give you strength on top of your strength. When your strength starts to wane, I want to give you more. Lean into me, hear me, follow me, and let me lead you. Strength to strength, that's supernatural. And here's what Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Isn't this a good verse? They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And so at Coastline Church, we just want to be a house of hope because those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Coastline Church is a house of hope where your strength is renewed. And so let's keep going. What's next? It says, blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Now, that's an interesting thought. Pilgrimage. Now, um, it's not a word we use very much, um, but really the context was this. People lived all over the nation of Israel, and they were invited to set their hearts on the house of God and to move their bodies that direction. And for some, that was an arduous, long, expensive, difficult journey, a bit dangerous. You know, there's bandits on the road and so on. And so they would maybe make that trek once in their lifetime because it was far and expensive. And they had to take care of things at home. They had to load up the family donkey. You know, there's lots to do, right? And so when you consider this, what the scripture is saying is those who set their hearts on pilgrimage. 
may or may not actually ever go, but my heart is there. I long for it. I want my, my, in my heart, if I could do anything that I wanted to do, I would get to the house of God. I'm setting my heart on the pilgrimage, on the journey. And understand this, this is true for every believer. God wants to take you on a journey. And that's so much fun. Let me tell you why. Because the journey means that you're going to go somewhere and you may get somewhere you didn't expect to go. But here's the thing about the Christian life. The thing about the Christian life and the blessing of the Christian life is not that the journey goes exactly as we planned. And it's not that there are no pitfalls along the way. It's not that there isn't pain and suffering and sadness. The, the joy of the Christian life is companionship. That wherever I go, I go with Jesus. I go with Jesus. He's leading me. He's guiding me. It's the companionship. And that's why the next verse is so important. It says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. So the valley of Baca is not a location. It's more of a concept. It's sort of like in Psalm 23 where it speaks about um, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. That's not an actual place. That's just a part of life, right? In the same way, the Valley of Baca speaks to the arid, dry climate. It speaks potentially of the balsam tree. And the balsam tree has these leaves that in the arid desert, the balsam tree leaves actually drip water that look like tears. And so really the concept, if you pull, it, if you pull the concept from you know, the Jewish way of thinking, what you would discover is what's being said here is when you walk through the valley of weeping, when you walk through dry and difficult times, when you walk through pain, when you walk through suffering, understand this, God intends for you, because your heart is set on him, on getting to him, God intends to take you, first of all, through the valley, and he wants you to see that place be redeemed, made into streams, into pools, into springs. Why? Because God brings the blessing as we trust him. It represents the weary traveler's journey, but it also really represents the journey of many who are here today. Some of you have come today through the tears. You've come today through the pain. You've come here today with the burden You've come here today weary, scared, concerned. There's heaviness in life. And I want you to know, you've made the right choice. And here's what I want you to hear me say. Hear this, please. Your God wants to refresh you in the house today. I believe that. I actually want to pause. I'm not finished preaching. But I want to pause and pray for those who have come today through the valley of Baca. You've come to the house of God through the pain, but God has a blessing for you. And so, Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your provision. We thank you, Lord, for that image of dry and difficult places being turned into springs and pools. And I just pray for the weary traveler who made their pilgrimage today to the house of God. And although they're here, they come with burden, with concern, with worry, with health challenge, with financial need. They've come today, Lord, 
and they're bringing their lives to you. Lord Jesus, provide your blessing because I truly believe they are blessed in the house of God. Refresh, relieve, place hope where there is despair. Place courage where there is fear. Place faith where there has been a lack of trust. And God, we thank you for your still, small voice, your constant direction. Thank you, Lord, that we don't know the destination, but we are sure of the traveling companion. Jesus, be near. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Others of you have come, and you, you do. You just you feel blessed. You feel blessed in God's house. You feel like the rain is falling, not just outside finally, but those dry, arid places in your life. You're just in a blessed season. And, and I want to just remind you of what the verse um, that we just read says, because it's very specific. I want to take you back to Psalm 84, 6. It says that as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. I want you to understand, if you're blessed in the Lord today, if you're blessed in the house of God, understand this. God wants to use you to make a place of blessing for others. He wants to pour into your life so that you can, so he can pour through your life. And church, we want to see people blessed when they come to God's house. We want them to experience his love, his comfort, his belonging, his salvation, his refreshment. So let's do our job, hey? Let's do our job. Let's bring the springs. Let's bring that freshness that God has placed in our lives so we can be a blessing to others. Let's refresh others so we can be refreshed. And you know, one of the ways we do that is through our giving. It's only one of the ways, but it is a way. In fact, look at what um, Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 says. It says, a generous person will prosper. And then it goes on to say this, so beautiful. What does it say after that? It says, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So your generous outpouring is a refreshment to someone else. When you give, when you give of your life, when you give of your words, when you give of your embrace, when you give of your finances, you're actually doing that. And so, yes, God, use your generous church to bring refreshment to others. Amen? Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They're ever praising you. I want to invite the band to come. We're going to sing. We're going to celebrate. We're going to take our offering as a, as a way to say thanks to God for how good he is. Some of you have come prepared to give, and I want to thank you for that. For others of you, don't worry. You've got the rest of the year to give toward heart for the house. But this idea of ever praising you is where I wanted to land today. And it's because that involves so much of who I am. If I'm ever praising you, that means wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, whoever I'm with, there's a praise to be given to God. Amen? Ever praising you, Lord. With my voice, yes. With my posture, absolutely. With my resources, yes. All that I am, all that I have, I will forever praise you, Lord. Last week, I, I gave us an example around a table of being the ones who pick up the check. Picking up the check for those who, you know, need us to. They don't have the capacity to do that. They need us to. And so we, we think about our, our preschool. We think about our Langford uh, West Shore Ministry House. And we think about those who will be served there. They're fragile. They're vulnerable. They're 
needy. And so let us be the ones who say, God, with a heart for the house, we will bless and we will participate and we will show ourselves to be generous. We will refresh others and we will be refreshed. It's time. It's time for us to give together. And as I mentioned last week, all I wanted from you is that you would just take a moment to pray and say, God, what do you want me to do? And just be obedient. That's all. Nothing less, nothing more. And so, Lord, we pause together right now and we say thank you. Thank you for the privilege of being blessed in your house. We're here today with God's people. And we believe, Lord, that you want to do miracles. This is a house of miracles. You want to refresh and bless and touch and heal and minister. And in many ways, Lord, you want to use us as agents of that blessing. And so today, Lord, with joyful hearts, as a sign of celebration, we give. And we say we truly are blessed in your house. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, everybody. Let's stand together. Let's sing again with Luke, hey? Can we, can we rustle up that celebration again? Pre pretend like I'm like, you know, one of those dancers. And let's get back to it. Let's celebrate because our God is good. Amen?